When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with swing trading the stock market in today's podcast episode. We're going to talk about dividend stocks. Not something I talk a lot about or hardly ever, but one listener picked up on me mentioning the fact that I have different accounts for different strategies. So yes, I consider myself a swing trader predominantly, but I do have a dividend portfolio. So for the purposes of this episode, we're going to call the guy who wrote this email, we're going to call him Buck, good old Florida redneck name. I mean, the reason why I give these people Florida redneck names, part of it's to be funny, but the other part of it's to conceal their identity because a lot of people don't want their names out there. So Buck writes, hi, Ryan, I've been listening to your podcast for about two years now. Thank you for providing your knowledge and experience. A few episodes ago, I heard you mention that you have several brokerage accounts, one of which was a dividend account. I am looking to diversify a bit more by investing in dividend stocks. Could you please explain your dividend investing strategy? like how you choose which stocks to invest in and if or when you might ever sell it. So that's a good question. Good question. I think it's a fitting episode for this podcast. But first, I got to say, and I wanted to talk a little bit about this. I took my first vacation completely away from the market in over 13 years. I haven't done it. Anytime I go on vacation, I take my laptop, I take everything with me. And during the day, people might go out and do something fun. I'm back at the cabin or the hotel or wherever it might be that I'm having a vacation and I'm working because I've been so glued to the market over the years and trying to miss a whole week of trading or price action in the stock market. It was quite intimidating. So about eight months ago, I decided, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to book a cruise and I'm going to go ahead and take a full week off. And I was really, as soon as I booked the cruise, I was like, man, I am really looking forward to taking a full week off. I couldn't even imagine what that's like. Well, little did I know that I would be booking it during... <laughs> the first bank financial crisis since 2008, 2009, when the Great Recession took place. But nonetheless, I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead with it. Well, I didn't take the complete week off that I would have liked to have done. You had Silicon Valley Bank blowing up, the threat of a ton more banks blowing up. So there was the Fed stepping in with a new program, Treasury insuring or the FDIC insuring all the bank deposits. It was absolute chaos. Of course, on Monday, because I did have some short positions still in play, 
I made sure to watch the market on Monday. So I didn't get completely away from it on Monday, but after Monday, I was able to enjoy the rest of the week off, didn't look at the market at all, and, and just enjoyed my time with the family. And the reason why I bring that up is because, yeah, I've done podcast episodes talking about, hey, it's good to take time away from the market at times, but I don't know if I've ever really practiced what I preached in that regards as much as I should have. Yes, I took vacations, but I never really disconnected from the market. And I can tell you firsthand what a mental release it is to be able to just take some time away from the market. It refreshes you. It gives you more perspective. And it's not that hard to get caught up on what happened over the previous week. Pretty much my ride home from the cruise port over the course of a couple hours, I was able to get caught up right away with everything that happened with the S&P, the NASDAQ, the headline events that affected the markets, what was going on. And this was during a period of time that was one of the more volatile periods in the stock market or more uncertain times in the stock market of the past decade because you had banks failing. And that's some of the worst headline risk you can deal with. But I was able to get right back into the swing of things come Monday morning when I went back to trading. So the whole point of this little rant here that I'm giving is that make sure that you give yourself some time away from the market because it really is healthy and good for the mind. It was really good for me to take a step back and get a clearer perspective on things, to think about it when I was sitting on a balcony, looking over the ocean as we were going to the next island. It was a really good time. So I appreciate you guys understanding and afforded me the opportunity to be able to take some time off and spend it with the family and not give me a hard time about doing that. I do appreciate that. So wanted to get that out of the way. So on this podcast episode, what we're really talking about is dividend stock. And so over the years, I wouldn't say that I have made a dividend portfolio a major part of my trading strategy, and it's probably been a neglected area over the years. But I do think that there's a lot of value in it, especially reinvesting those dividends and building up a portfolio over time that can provide a nice, steady income. Now, let me just tell you right out of the gate, I consider myself to be a pretty good swing trader. I don't know if I'd necessarily consider myself a great dividend trader or a great investor in dividend stocks, not by a long shot. So everything I'm saying in this episode, don't take it to bank. It's just my approach to dividend investing. Now, when I'm investing in these dividend stocks, yes, if they go you know, way up from where I bought into it, that's great. I'm not going to argue with that. Is that my goal? No. My real goal, my real point of emphasis is to buy quality companies or ETFs that are providing a really good yield. And one day when I retire, if I retire, because nothing's for certain in this world, I would like to be able to enjoy the fruits that proceed from those dividend stocks in the terms of a dividend. So again, I'm not a dividend stock expert by any means. Do your own due diligence. Take everything that I say with a grain of salt. I just feel like it's a good topic that we can talk about my approach to this as well. So each year I decide how much money I'm going to put into the dividend account how much money I'm going to invest. And just to make matters simple, let's say the account has $100 and in the new year I decide, hey, I'm going to put $50 into that account this year and put it towards a basket of different dividend stocks that I really like. Now, that first day of the trading year, am I going to go ahead, even if I put all $50 in it on day one, is that something that I'm going to invest right out of the gate? No. In fact, what I'll do is incrementally buy a basket of stocks each and every week so that I'm dollar cost averaging into the positions. I don't want to try to time the market bottom or or find the perfect place and time to get into the stock or ETF that I'm investing in for dividends. No, 
really what I'm just trying to do is just consistently add to the portfolio over time. Now, if I get into a dividend stock and let's say it represents like 5% of my portfolio, let's say in a hundred dollar portfolio, I have five bucks in stock ABC and that stock has a dividend yield of let's say 5%. And then all of a sudden the stock doubles or triples in price, which would be great. Am I going to necessarily keep adding to a stock where the dividend yield now when I'm getting into it is only like two and a half or one and a quarter percent? No, I'm not going to do that at that point because I'm, again, my objective is to have good quality dividend stocks. And the other thing too is at the end of the day, I want my dividend plays to be paying out a good stream of dividends throughout the course of the year. Some of them will be quarterly, some of them will be semi-annually, some of them will be annually, some of them will be quarterly. Most of them are quarterly. But I'm not necessarily trying to like get a double bagger or a triple bagger or a major gain out of these plays. I really just want these stocks to provide a good income year in and year out. So with that being said, I'm not going to have a huge stake of my money all in one stock. I think the biggest position that I have in my dividend portfolio is 8%. And that's as much as I'm going to really add to that stock. And over the course of the years to come, that position will actually continue to get smaller as I increase my position and capital in other stocks. And then I have some stocks that only represent 0.3% of my overall portfolio. And the reason why I don't really care about there being such a small exposure in some of these stocks, and yes, that one that I only have like 0.3% of my portfolio in is one that I just recently started building a position in. But even if it was just to stay at 0.3%, that wouldn't bother me because really I'm looking at the big picture. I don't want any dividend play to where if they were to cut their dividend, and I had one just recently with Intel, to where if the stock pulls back as a result of them cutting their dividend, and that does happen, I don't want it to affect the entire portfolio in a really bad way. It needs to have a very small impact to my portfolio. And as a result, I would say most of the positions and dividends in my portfolio are about 3 to 4% of the overall portfolio value. Now, do I ever sell any of them? Yeah, I do. Sometimes I regret selling them. One of them in particular was CVX. I got into CVX, I think it was like 80 or $90 a share. And I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was around 80 or $90 a share. And it was paying like an 8% dividend at the time. I thought, man, that is really, really good. I'm just going to go ahead and buy it. It's a, it's a reputable company, good balance sheet, buy and hold. And then in 2022, the stock CVX goes from like $80 up to like $160, $170 a share. I went ahead and sold it. It was a 100% gain. It wasn't the worst decision, but then I saw it climb up a little bit more and I had a little bit of a seller's remorse there, but it's still on my list for a stock to buy if energy prices are ever to pull back and it gives me the opportunity to get in at a lower price. That is definitely something I think that I would want to take advantage of, but I'm willing to wait for that so that I can get a much better dividend yield for my money. Now, something that also yields a good result is swing trading the stock market. Yes, you've heard me talk about it if you've listened to the show in the past. And if you haven't signed up for it, what are you waiting for? Sign up for swingtradingthestockmarket.com. This is where you get all my stock market research for swing trading each and every day. Now, I don't talk about my dividends in that, but I do talk a lot about swing trading, providing my watch list, providing updates on big tech stocks, providing updates on the overall market, daily watch list, really, really a quality service that it when you sign up for it, you're also supporting this podcast and allowing me to continue to provide you guys with future episodes. So check that out at swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Now, in my dividend portfolio, the other thing that I want to make mention of is that I 
tend to focus much more on value plays than growth. Now, CVX definitely turned into a massive growth play with the huge breakout that it had in 2022. But was I necessarily expecting that? No, I was expecting it to be more of a value play. Nonetheless, some of the stocks that I that I focus on, I focus on a lot of your utilities. That tends to be your utility plays as well. There's others like Verizon and Walgreens, you know, stock symbol VZ for Verizon, Walgreens, WBA, MMM, which is 3M. You also have companies like Dow and LYB, which is Lyondell. So a lot of stocks that are kind of boring in nature. They're not your exciting Shopify or Netflix or... DraftKings kind of plays. These are your really boring economic necessities like Kraft Heinz or 3M or some of the chemical plays, utilities. We've got to have lights. But again, my focus isn't to hit home runs on individual plays and just make a killing off of them. My focus is to create a portfolio that's extracting a lot of dividends from as many different sources as possible. I even have TLT in my portfolio, and that doesn't even really have a huge yield to it, but I have it in there nonetheless because it's a very stable play. And then the other thing that I try to do as well is have a focus on different sectors as well. I don't have as much tech plays in there. Like I mentioned earlier, I have a position at Intel. They cut their dividend, but while I didn't necessarily like that they cut their dividend, it didn't have a huge impact to my portfolio because it's such a small part of it. But I have REITs, I have bonds, I have auto companies, I have industrials, staples, communications, financials. And financials is a perfect example why you don't want like a dividend portfolio of just all financial plays. Because what did you see happen this past week? Yes, there's some financials that pay out some decent dividends, but you might have gotten your head handed to you if you were caught in some of them this past week that was showing some uncertainty with the banking crisis that we now find ourselves in the middle of. And I don't just do individual stocks, but you know, besides stocks, I also do some ETS, I do some ETNs. But the one thing that I always try to do because I want to keep building this portfolio up, it's not where I want it to be just yet. So I reinvest those dividends. Now, one of the things that a lot of people will do is they'll go just look for the stocks with the highest dividend yields and they'll go buy those. But oftentimes stocks with high dividend yields are a red flag. So when they start getting over 10%, okay, there might be a problem there. Even like 7 or 8%, I can sometimes be suspicious of. I'll want to still do my due diligence. But when they start getting over 10%, you want to make sure that this isn't a company that's at a high risk of getting their dividend cut. You want to look at the balance sheet, make sure that this is something that they can actually continue to sustain in the future. You want to see how are their revenues? How are their earnings? Are they likely to cut their dividend anytime in the near future? Because that might be one worth avoiding. Now, again, I can't stress this enough. I don't consider myself a subject matter expert on dividends. I'm just talking a little bit about it because that's what Buck asked me to do. And so I'm just telling you my perspective on it, how I'm doing it. I'm not saying it's the right way by any means, but it's a long-term approach where I just want to have a bunch of value companies that are providing some good, stable dividend returns as a result. And there's a reason why I keep everything in different accounts, because if I have my dividend account in the same bucket of capital as my swing trading account, which would also be in the same bucket of money as my long-term accounts, well, then I'm putting myself in a situation to where if I'm having a bad day in my long-term investments, but a really good day shorting the market in my swing trading account, that can really play games with you. You can almost start making decisions for your swing trading based off of your dividend or your long-term account. And that's not really how I swing trade. That's not the way I think is the right way to swing trade. I think when you're swing trading, it needs to be based on the stocks that you're swing trading, not what's going on in your long-term account or what's going on in a dividend account or what's going on in your bond portfolio. And that's why I segregate them. 
My long-term account is not something that I feel like I need to check each and every day. Same goes with my dividend account. But my swing trading, yes, I manage that every single day. I'm looking at the stocks. I'm looking at how I'm going to play it. Am I going to start taking partial profits here? Am I going to let my winning trades run a little bit longer? Am I going to cut the, the losing trade here and move on to the next trade? Those are all decisions that I need to make without the influences of my other strategies being in the same pool of money as my swing trading. So I, that's why I think it's important to keep them segregated. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. To summarize some of what we've already talked about, yes, each year I decide how much money I'm going to add to my dividend account. And then throughout the course of the year, I just slowly dollar cost average myself into different dividends that I want to continue to grow a position in. I don't let one particular stock have a huge influence on the portfolio. In the end, it's really about the collective amount of dividends that I'm collecting from the portfolio, whether it be quarterly, weekly, monthly, semi-annually, or annually. What I want is for there to be an income coming in through them. Now, right now, I'm reinvesting them into back into the stocks, but one day, I'll use it as an income. And they tend to be more value-oriented than growth. It doesn't mean that I won't ever invest in a dividend stock that's more growth-oriented, but my main focus is on value, like Kraft Heinz and some of these really, really boring names. So that was a good question from Buck. And if you want your questions to be answered on this podcast episode, send me an email at ryan at shareplanner.com. I do read your emails. I do try to make an episode out of every one of them that I receive, unless it's just something that I really don't have anything to offer on. Sometimes I'll, at this time of the year, I'll get questions about taxes. I'm not an accountant, so I can't really answer any of those. But if it's something to do with the stock market, I love answering those questions. So keep seeing them my way. Check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com and make sure to leave a five-star review if you're listening to this podcast and enjoy it. It really means the world to me. It encourages me to keep doing what I'm doing. So make sure to leave that five-star review. Thank you guys and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the Share Planner Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on Share Planner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at ryan at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.